You're listening to Destination Country X, a KPMG tax radio podcast series. We cover key U.S. and foreign tax and trade developments that affect cross-border investment. I'm your host, Kim Major, a principal with Washington National Tax and tax industry lead for U.S. international corridors. We're glad you could join us. Enjoy the program. So we've been talking about tax reform a lot lately. And with BEPS 2.0 on the near horizon, that isn't going to end anytime soon. And it all sounds pretty good from a tax policy perspective, but to what extent do plans on the whiteboard successfully translate into local reality? And what happens if a country simply can't reform? Today, we'll be talking about Colombia, a country that has had quite a few challenges in terms of its own reform activities, not even talking about BEPS 2.0. Maybe we can glean some insights from the Colombian experience because there are 140 countries in the inclusive framework and going forward, maybe not all of them will be able to reform just like that. So joining me today are my co-host, Courtney Wallace, an international tax principal from our Detroit office, Ricardo Ruiz, partner in charge of tax and legal of KPMG Colombia, and Cesar Barrero, our partner leading the legal group, also of KPMG Columbia. Welcome, Ricardo and Cesar. We're really looking forward to the discussion today. I've had a number of clients expanding into LATAM, and recently, as Kim mentioned, I've gotten a lot of questions on potential changes and really some of the uncertainty in Colombia. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it today. Okay, so with that, I think the story begins a few years ago. Yes, you're right. Ten years ago, Colombia started a journey to be part of the OECD in addition to Mexico and Chile, that's been a tremendous milestone for the country. And we became 38th member of the OECD last April 2020. And with that, there's a lot of commitments that have come from that organization, specifically the design of the tax system. Because back in 2015, when the OECD made the assessment for Colombia. They concluded that the taxable base in Colombia was too narrow and lots of changes need to be required to expand the taxable base and specifically in the individual area. And also that large taxation exists in business and companies. The OECD perspective was to reduce the taxable impact on businesses and expand the base to individuals. However, this is not an easy task for South American country. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, these triggers are almost impossible to be reached in the near term. What kinds of tax improvements or modifications need to happen in order to kind of bring you more in line with other OECD members? Specifically from the corporate taxation standpoint, Almost all the standards that are proposed by the OECD has been adopted by Colombia. We have CFC, we have transfer pricing, we have thin capitalization rules. Mm-hmm. So most of the proposals of the OECD are adopted by Colombia. However, the taxation is concentrated on companies with a large rate of 31%. So the idea of the OECD is reduce taxation a range between 25 and 30, that would be like the ideal for the OECD, and rather increase dramatically the impact on individual taxation, which currently is quite narrow. But 
certainly for countries like Colombia is difficult to be achieved. That's the first thing. Second, from the BAT perspective, OECD has proposed that Colombia expand the taxable base, eliminate exemptions, eliminate exclusions, which is a specific category which didn't provide the taxpayer with credits from the VAT perspective. They have recommended Colombia to eliminate the excluded category, but that specific category usually impacts a lot of the market, specifically in the utility sector, in the food sector. So that type of changes are going to have a very large impact in the economy. Third, the OECD has recommended to eliminate all the exemptions and all the benefits in the corporate tax and individual area and have recognized that grandfather rules need to be established. However, as a country which is competing for attractive investment, it's kind of difficult just to simply eliminate all the benefits that currently exist to boost a specific sector of the economy. And finally, one critical topic which OECD has recommended to review the free trade sum tax regime in order that in the near term, free trade sum reach the standard corporate income tax rate. This is one of the main issues that Colombia needs to navigate in the near term to reach the scenario that OECD considered will help Colombia to grow. So Overall, the recommendation for the corporates is to lower the rate and broaden the base. So, okay, I think that makes sense, and it's not an uncommon recommendation. Wait a minute. Am I mistaken? I thought that your corporate tax rate just went up. Absolutely. Due to the pandemic situation and the national strike that hit us in May, Mm -hmm. that recommendation cannot be adopted here in Colombia. Actually, a very fast tax reform was introduced on July, in which taxation in companies are going from 31 to 35 percent, which is Mm -hmm. actually the opposite of what the OECD wants. However, was the simplest way to reach fiscal revenue to second all the benefits that the government is providing due to COVID and to pay the foreign debt. Something that might sound counterintuitive, but it happened a few months ago when the country was facing civil protests everywhere. The National Association of Entrepreneurs, the ANDI, which is probably the most important association in Colombia of the private sector, went out and said, look, We know that the country needs tax reform. We know that it is going to be aimed at collecting more because we simply need that to assure overall stability. And we are happy and willing to pay. Hmm. So that's not something you'd expect to come from the private sector. Yet I think it was quite patriotic of the association and of the key industries in Colombia to go out and speak in that manner, because it also helped appease much of the civil unrest. It's not the only thing that helped it, but definitely that helped a lot. Actually, that's kind of incredible. But with respect to the free trade zones, are they at zero rate right now? No, no. In the Mm -hmm. past, the rate was 15. For recent years, it's 20%. The rate hasn't been changed. under this tax reform, but it's in the logo of the OECD, and you can expect in the future that this type of recommendations will continue to be sent by the OECD. However, government consider that the free trade zone are an important tool to provide incentive to investment. So Mm -hmm. really, I don't see in the near term the government making that change. That would be quite unrealistic 
So assume that these OECD recommendations can be adopted by Colombia in the near or medium future. This is because there are over 80 free trade zones in Colombia, which provide a lot of employment. And aside of the income tax benefits that Ricardo was describing, there is no causation of VAT taxes for what you do in a free trade zone. And everyone who exports from a free trade zone can also benefit from all the framework of bilateral investment trade agreements that Colombia has agreed to with other states. So there is quite a lot of resistance, if you will, in trying to eliminate them or modify them substantively in the near future, I would say. I would not have been surprised if your free trade zones were tax-free to see some pressure from the OECD. Pillar 2 is going to give you pressure to bring that up to the global minimum rate, whatever that is. I'm just a little bit surprised to hear that you're under pressure to push it higher. So we've got entire countries whose normal rates are lower than the free trade zone rate who are resigning themselves then to push up to 15%. That really does seem a little counterintuitive. What other major changes did you guys see coming through the Colombian tax reform package? The others are basically anti-abuse control measures, exchange of information with other countries. They mm -hmm. redefine a little bit of rules, ultimate beneficial owner, and probably the most important area in which the country is focused right now is invoicing, where they're making the rules more clear. Some of the discussions that I have with my clients as they're thinking about where to go is they like that the OECD is a bit of a backdrop here and I've got some predictability and I know what the rules are. So it's a little ironic that instead of predictability, the OECD changes that were supposed to spell long-term viability for Colombia triggered social unrest instead. Maybe sometimes fortune favors the careful. You guys got downgraded. Was that in direct response to tax reform? I believe that the main trigger was, firstly, the failure to pass the tax reform that the government was trying to pass. It was a very unpopular tax reform because, of course, the fiscal outlook and the government being able to service debt and to hold true to its budgetary commitments was put into question. So I think it was only natural that Colombia was going to be downgraded as it did. Very interesting point. Colombia is somewhat of a counterintuitive landscape because you'd think that all other rating agencies would follow in the footsteps of the first one. The second one did. And then Moody's saw that we were successful in passing the latest tax reform, which is far less ambitious in terms of what they want to collect from taxpayers in Colombia. Nonetheless, I think they considered it good enough to keep us there. I think to complement that, we need to consider that the previous tax reform was expected to collect almost eight to nine billion dollars. The final tax reform is only going to collect four billion dollars. So that's probably the reason why rating agencies like Standard and Poor's considers that the first one had the capability to create more sustainability in the long term to the fiscal system rather than this one that Moody's is giving us investment grade due to the latest tax report. And 
We have seen during the year that the M&A activity hasn't been reduced because of the qualification by Standard Poor's and Fitch, and rather has continued in infrastructure, in health, in renewable energy. So it seems like the market and the investors are considered other topics rather than the qualification when making investment in Colombia. So what are the other features of the Colombian tax rules that affect investment? The dividend rate is currently 10%, and that's not going to change. That's not going to change. What is your withholding rate on royalties or interest? It's also high. It's 20%. Okay, so you definitely want dividend treatment if you can get it as opposed to interest, unless you think that the rise in the corporate rate will give you an interest deduction that would make up the difference in the withholding tax, right? Absolutely. What are the current thin cap limitations? Two to one ratio. Okay. All right. Hmm. <laughs> yes, okay. that's two to one. Yeah. Yes, it's Usually we see impressive. three, sometimes four. I could see why perhaps maybe growth in shared service centers or other things are maybe coming in. But if I think about significant investment, that would be heavy and debt intensive, it's expensive. That's going to be something to look out for, especially if the rates are going to rise. From the legal and regulatory perspectives, I think are also paramount in determining whether you want to continue investing or for the first time invest in Colombia. There are at least two key sectors in Colombia which have received much attention recently both domestic and international attention. And these are infrastructure, mainly transportation infrastructure, with a quite robust legal and regulatory framework and contractual framework, which has shown success after success in the past 10 years or so, and has obtained investment and financing, both from domestic and international relevant players. And then the renewable energies and alternative or non-conventional energy sources projects in Colombia. That's another sector that is also attracting a lot of attention. Those specific sectors has specific tax features, which also helps a lot for the investment. For example, in renewable energy, you have a 50% capital allowance over the investment. So the key driver is how to preserve the benefit and not to lose them when distributing dividends, which are going to be taxed, highly taxed. So properly structured, you can reach the full benefit of those specific tax regime over that specific area. And in the area of transportation in the concession, we also have a specific tax rules that provides different set of tax measures that also helps for the projects to be viable the tax reform has made some minor adjustment to them. It becomes important to structure properly because in the case of concessions, concessions are not going to be subject to thin capitalizations with some specific requirements. And also the withholding tax is going to be reduced to 5% on certain qualified concessions. So as you see, Colombia, rather than provide general benefits are focused on the specific sectors that they want to create so competitiveness to attract investment. Since this particular tax reform got whittled down, what could you foresee in terms of provisions that fell out of this round that we may end up seeing? There's some specific proposals that are going to be in the debate 
specifically the BAT again. We had a lot of exemptions and the idea in the future will be to eliminate those exemptions. I think rate will remain to be 19%, but rather eliminate exemptions will be something important. BAT over capital goods will be also changes that I expect to happen in the near term in the future tax reform. Do you expect the rate to come back down, the corporate tax rate? According to the language of the law, this is a permanent rate, not a temporary rate. So it's hard to predict whether in the short term that rate will be reduced. I really think that in the midterm that will happen, but it requires another changes in BAT or individual taxation in order to prevent the deficit. The elimination of exemptions probably will be something that we're going to deal with that. And we have a lot of specific benefits to certain areas that some of them will continue to be important for Colombia. Some others are not going to be important. So I expect some changes there. I don't see free trade zone changes, to be honest. And probably green taxes are going to be a trend in the near future. Kim has mentioned EPS 2.0. Can you share a little bit as those changes are on the horizon now? Yeah, Courtney, over Pillar 1, we don't see any Colombian entity in the list. Rather, we're going to favor ourselves with the distribution of the income from the market standpoint. So definitely, we will join the multilateral agreement. And over Pillar 2, we're going to have like 10 to 20 companies that will meet the burden I expect that the rules that need to be required will be introduced the next year. I really see the government very supportive of VEPS 2.0. And also, Colombia is very interested in the subject to tax rule. I think that the government has put a lot of effort in that the subject to tax rule works well in order to create more taxation to Colombia. I feel like there's a moral to this story, and that's the timing is everything. What we saw in May, where all the population of Colombia just simply told the government, you're not going to raise taxes to individuals, is something that really creates an alert for future governments to consider that carefully, because that should be the right thing to do, according to OECD. This is a country which now with COVID is poorer than before. So we need to see in a way whether these measures can be adopted in time. The need to have a lot of a strategy and how to include that over our systems. Otherwise, the possibility to fail strongly with this type of measures is something that everybody has learned here in Colombia. It's definitely a very delicate balancing act, that of politicians in government and that of the private sector. I think that coming out of the economic repercussions of the pandemic there is no by-the-book formula to follow. Yes, you can be orthodox about economic measures. Nonetheless, you need to factor everything into the equation because if not, you might bring forth ideas which will compromise the overall stability of the country, even social stability. So to be honest, I find the initial failure of Colombian tax reform to be more interesting than its ultimate success because of what it tells us about tax reform. 
The inclusive framework has 140 members and they sit along a very broad range of socioeconomic readiness for the types of changes we seem to be looking at over the next few years. I hope that to the extent lessons arise out of the Colombian experience, we learn them. In the meantime, be good, stay well. We'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Destination Country X. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you next time.